0: Credit card fraud costs billions of dollars in the US each year. Regular people like you and me, were are not on the hook for fraudulent charges, but the work you do putting things right, like reporting thefts and replacing cards, it can average out to nine hours of your time whenever it happens. And like all of us, it is now extremely online. I'm Joni Salzman, and this is your Daily Charge. I'm filling in for Roger, who's on vacation today, and with me to discuss credit card fraud is CNET's cybersecurity expert, Bree Fowler. Welcome, Bree. Thanks for having me. So, Brie, something ironic happens while you were working on this story. T- tell us about it.
1: Yeah, actually, um, you know, I was working on reporting this for a while, and while I was working on this story, someone stole my my main credit card <laughs> number. Uh, they they tried to open a Sam's Club membership and charge about $200 of stuff. Um, and, you know, just part of me keeps wondering what they tried to buy. <laughs> Super curious to me.
0: Well, why is this still happening? I mean, there have been big advances in technology to the tech credit card fraud, but your report says that the cost of it is still it still jumped nearly 70 percent last year. Why does it seem like it's getting worse? Exactly. Um, You know, bigger crimes like ransomware, even romance
1: scams, they account for much, much more money in losses than credit card fraud. But credit card fraud is something that directly hits people. Like all of us have had this happen to us. You know, you, you get a notification from your credit card company, your bank, or you know you you notice something weird on your statement yourself., um, this is something that that affects all of us. And you know, it's still enticing for criminals to do this. they're They're making a lot of money off of this. It is a lot of work, work compared to other car- kinds of cyber crime, but it you know, it's definitely still worth it for cyber criminals, and it's not going away anytime soon
0: so the the kind of movement, the migration of these sort of financial fraud crimes into online credit card fraud, it seems like from your story that the pandemic played a meaningful full role in sort of accelerating this ongoing shift.
1: Right. And this was something that's been in the works since the U.S. started rolling out uh, chip cards. Um, Probably a a little less than 10 years ago. uh, Magnetic swipe cards are very, very easy to copy by hand. It really doesn't take any kind of technical skills whatsoever to do that. But cards that are equipped with microchips, it's exceptionally hard um, to, you know, copy them with a skimmer that maybe you put inside an ATM machine or, you know, uh, right. magnetic card skimmers. You you can actually buy the equipment for that on Amazon. It's super easy to do those, which is why they're not really used anymore. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, criminals couldn't just make hundreds of physical cards or thousands of them and then send out Uh, mules or, you know, low-level people to just go buy stuff at stores that they could sell online or, you know, things like gift cards. Chip cards made that a lot harder. So instead, you know, people were using software, using, um, you know, skimming technology, using uh, things that are online to grab that credit card information. So, you know, it went from card present fraud to what the industry calls card not present fraud. And with COVID, you know, people weren't shopping in stores anymore. They weren't buying physical stuff physically. So being able to to do, you know, those physical card scams became even harder. So, you know, as people move their shopping online, criminals move their
0: activity online as well. One of the points in your story that I found interesting, and this is just, I guess, sort of a little aside, is that um, there's been a shift towards financial fraud among like criminal gangs that used to focus on classics like drug <laughs> trafficking and gambling have moved over towards financial fraud more so. Why why was that? Why is that? Well, you know, things like drugs and gambling are very risky and very violent, and
1: <laughs> you kind of have to be there. And you know, they also have very stiff criminal penalties tied to them. Things like credit card fraud and other kinds of financial fraud, um, like right, those one dollar scams and things like that. Yeah, Yeah. they don't have the same kind of stiff penalties. And also, when you're committing a crime online, you're not putting yourself physically out there. You know, the police have a harder time setting up some kind of sting to catch these kinds of criminals. You can be completely anonymous, disappear, and it's a lot easier to get away with things.
0: Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about advances in protecting consumers and what needs to be done. So what what kind of advances have been meaningful, I guess, in protecting consumers from these these charges, uh these fraudulent charges and I guess more so identifying them, detecting them as fast as possible.
1: Sure. I mean, the industry, which, you know, includes payment processing companies like Visa and Mastercard, major banks, even major retailers who have these you know, where where people are using their credit cards, they've invested billions of dollars trying to combat this fraud. Now, you can argue that this doesn't directly affect consumers because consumers aren't on the hook for charges. But, you know, when businesses have to eat billions of dollars in costs, that inevitably gets passed on to us sometimes as well. So, you know, and the thing is, too, is that the credit card and the bank companies, they don't want you to get frustrated um, because your card's been stolen and move on to another card. This is exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. You know, when my credit card was stolen, I used my backup card and, which is with another bank with another, you know, uh, payment processing company. um, And they lost my business as a result for, you know, a solid week that it took me to get the card. This is not, (laughs) this is exactly what they don't want. So they're, you know, trying to put in place new technology that, will better identify whether a t- transaction is is legitimate or not. You know, whether someone who is buying something at a store is actually that person. And if they can pick up, you know, through machine learning, through AI, through, you know, even technology that uses the sensors in your phone to figure out if it's actually you pressing on the screen or if it's a bot,
0: mm.
1: you know, all of that kind of stuff can, can catch fraud faster. You know, they they're not going to eliminate the losses completely because, you know, a lot of it they have to look at behavior that's happening in real time. Right. But they can they can cut the losses from, you know, uh, when I talked to Mastercard, millions of dollars to just maybe a few hundred thousand dollars and that that's definitely key for them.
0: So, one of the things that your article also sort of mentioned is how credit card companies are and and I'll bring and I want to bring this back to fraud and cybersecurity in a minute, but about how credit card companies are eyeing using personal data more robustly as a way to offer people custom e-commerce experiences, which all of it seems very kind of like, okay, who actually wants this? And is it ever going to really happen? So what's your (laughs) take about like, do people really want this? What is it? And will it actually happen? You know, I recently sat down with
1: uh, executives from MasterCard and, you know, talking about what their plan for the future is. And Basically, they told me that, you know, to facilitate credit card payments, they have to create this super secure, super fast, super frictionless, meaning, you know, people can't run into roadblocks that, that frustrate them and keep them from doing what they're doing. They have to create this network one way or the other. What Mm -hmm. they want to do is expand their business, especially when 5G becomes more common and then eventually 6G down the road that will make this all just lightning fast, allegedly, and, you know, just make it worth it. And so since they have to transport financial data, they might as well be transmitting other data as well. Yeah, why not? Yeah, get, I mean, take all the data. <laughs> you know exactly, and, and the idea, because you know we know that there are data brokers out there now that are collecting all this and using this anyway, is that this would be consensual and this would be something that you opt into, and that it would create these super customized consumer experiences, which would then facilitate e-commerce and get you to spend more on your credit cards. Uh, you know, whether you're at a restaurant and you know it knows it may know that you have a nut allergy or that right. you're a vegetarian or that you just hate mayonnaise like i do and so <laughs> it will create a custom menu that is built for you um and maybe if you order seafood they would put video screens up of pictures of the ocean and the seaside and you know he even mentioned possible you know, spraying of salty water and right. scents in the air. Like th- these are custom <laughs> Television, experiences, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know that, that they could create for, um, for consumers if they have all of that data. And, you know, he says, this isn't, you know, something that's way down the road or, you know, may not become a reality. This is something that they think is going to happen in the next three to five years, which is, you know, just baffling to a lot of us.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can see like, just as uh, from that description, like as a consumer myself, yeah, going into a restaurant as a like, you know, I am a vegetarian, if I went into a restaurant, I didn't have to scour the menu to figure out, is there anything I can actually eat here? That seems nice. Small vision <laughs> of like a seaside. I don't know how much of a value add that is for me. But, you know, you're, you're, you are our cybersecurity expert. What, um, integrating more personal data in financial transactions, how could that impact sort of the future of fraud, either protecting against fraud or even exposing people to more risk? Yeah. And that's kind of
1: what I asked the MasterCard executive too. It was like, there's so much data there. There's so much, I mean, for one thing, it's going to feel creepy to some people. And this is, this is way beyond what we're used to now. Um, But at the same time, you know, it's, you have all that data there. He, he said, that this is basically not possible unless they can keep this sense of trust and security that people feel like they have to have in their credit card company in the first place. Mm. And so if you're creating that trust and security, which, you know, I I think it's debatable with a lot of people, whether they feel like, you know, their credit card stuff is secure, seeing that, you know, we get our cards stolen quarterly, but, um, You know, they have to do that anyway. And if they can make people feel like they can trust them and that their information is secure, then they can scale this and make that happen. So I I guess it kind of remains to be seen, you know, both whether it's practical and whether this is something that
0: will generate revenue for them and and make it worth it down the road. It's interesting. So I guess we'll see Mm -hmm. what kind of great new nightmares or (laughs) brave new worlds we enter. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe maybe in
1: a few years we'll see this at CES or something like that and and just think back to
0: today. <laughs> well, Bree, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having okay. me. It's been fun. You can check out this and other cybersecurity stories on CNET.com. If you have any questions, you can ping me on Twitter at Joan underscore E or Brie at Brie J. Fowler. Or, hey, you could even still pester Roger if you like. He's at Roger W. Chang. If you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Joni Salzman. Thanks for listening.